Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where normally we'd be selling power converters and talking about X-Wing, but the time has come to execute episode 66. The time has come. Execute order 66. Oh, snap. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought about the first 65 episodes. <laughs> what about them? Anyway, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Middle. And I'm Porg Jenkins. And we are back. Uh, we took a few weeks off with uh, a lot of stuff going on at the beginning of this god-awful hot summer. And, uh, oh boy, some news dropped while we were away. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, what did everybody do with their time off? Anything fun? Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, Alex and I both were working a uh, 12, uh, it, yeah, 12 day. Uh, 12 days in a row. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's going to make 21 hours of overtime over the weekend. <laughs> We've mentioned uh, Doug and Alex and I all work for the VFW, the same organization, and our national convention was this past week, and my department ended up losing a member 48 hours before convention, so uh, Rohan called for aid and Gondor answered. Uh, we got Smittle to uh, help us out over the busiest part of the convention weekend, and uh, yeah, not only great to be, uh, you know, at least working with your friends when you've got to work uh True. All that I overtime. Had a great time. I had a great time working. I really did. Indeed, yeah, it was it was a pretty good time. I, and uh, that overtime check this week, though. yeah, <laughs> that overtime check is going to be worth it. Let me tell you. Now uh, I know in the future, save some vacation time for after convention if I do convention again. Oh <laughs> no lie, no lie. I am actually on vacation right now. Yeah, uh, I sure wish I was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a uh, pretty hectic, pretty busy, but. Uh, yeah, just exhausted afterwards. Doug got well, the ass to himself for a whole weekend because they put us up in a hotel. Indeed. So. Doug, what did you do with the, uh, the the empty house over this time? Nothing, and it was amazing. <laughs> I, just, I just enjoyed having a weekend of myself. And then we had a roommate move in. <laughs> True. Harry moved uh, in permanently on Friday. So we're now yeah. at full capacity of people. Maybe uh, even over capacity, depending on... Which code you ask? <laughs> and uh, Greg, uh, what have you and the family been up to these past couple weeks? Uh, we feel like we've done a little bit of everything. Um, we just had some family time. I've had work, and um, let's see. I don't think we traveled anywhere. We didn't go anywhere. Uh, no, understandable. What with gas prices being what they are and everything, going anywhere seems just like a terrible idea. Yeah, for sure. They're going back down, though. We're good. Yeah, we are hopefully on the uh, the downswing of this, but God, it's been it's been just this year has been just one thing after another. It seems. Yeah, it's been a time and a half. Um, yeah, it's been it's been better. My twenty twenty two has been better than my twenty twenty one, which for me was just a dick punch after dick punch after dick punch. <laughs> so. For me, at least, I'm doing a little better this year. Dude, I don't even talk about 2020 and 2021, to be honest. Like, I don't. And Lily was born in 2021, and I still don't want to talk about it. Like, it's just like. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So with that, uh, we do have some X-Wing news that has come through. A uh, mini stravaganza happened over our break, and we'll fill you all in on uh, everything that happened there. Today, however, uh, as we're recording this on the Monday, some bad news broke. Uh, at the end of October, Tabletop.to, which is the site that most folks use to manage and run X-Wing tournaments, uh, will be shutting down. The guy, Dennis, who's been administering it for all these years, uh, is just hanging it up, and understandably so. The man's put a lot of work into not only X-Wing, but a lot of other uh, games use Tabletop.to, and it's basically been unpaid labor. Uh, he has said that the uh, streaming overlay will remain open source, so that's going to be still available for folks. But it's going to be interesting to see what rises up to uh, take the place of Tabletop.to, which has been a dependable and elegant uh, source of tournament organization. I have to assume, just as just a, my knee-jerk reaction assumption, that Dion is either working with him or Gold Squadron has something in the works already to, to fill yeah. the gap. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. He uses it so much, and he's so consistent that if he took over, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I would at least be confident that even if Dion doesn't, somebody will either have a replacement or will like take over TTO because oh, for sure. it's it's happened multiple times. Like somebody took over for Yasby, and uh, mm -hmm. somebody's multiple people have taken over the the TTS mod. Like when people have stepped down, the mm -hmm. community's really good about that. Indeed, you know, because God help us if we all got stuck with Best Coast pairings as the only option. <laughs> we just got demonetized on YouTube now. <laughs> uh, we do have positive news, however. Mini Stravaganza had a lot of news that came out. Uh, previews of the Battle of Yavin scenario pack, and as well as ones that will be coming up. Some previews of the Battle of Coruscant. I believe they also mentioned Endor in there as well. Uh uh, Hot Shots and Aces 2 will be releasing. Uh, there will be some ships that get reprinted. And we even got some uh, OP news that will be going forward. But first, a uh, little bit on the Battle of Yavin scenario pack. We've seen previews of it. It looks like a bunch of uh, quick build style cards. Definitely not like the, uh, the original 2.0 Battle of Yavin format, which was basically just subtitled Empire Wins, because I don't think there was a possible way you could win uh, using the, option, the pitiful options that were given to the Rebels at that time. But it looks pretty neat. Uh, Rebels get X-Wings, Y-Wings, and Han and the Falcon. And the Empire gets its TIE Fighters, some TIE Interceptors, all of which are new, and uh, Vader in the X-1. Looks like everything is fixed like a quick build card. They'll probably not be alterable at all. So this looks kind of like... Uh, yeah, to, to, to clarify, they're called standard loadout cards. Okay. Something that AMG is going to be doing a lot of going forward. Uh, like, we'll get to it later, but they also announced the Siege of Coruscant, which is a prequel version of the same thing. But they mm -hmm. are... They're ships that, like, a lot of them will be familiar pilots, but they might have different abilities, or it'll be completely new pilots. They will have fixed loadouts, so that, that's where it's similar to a quick build. Uh, you don't have to bring any cards or anything with them. All the all, Everything's already printed on there. Um, but they, they're they usable in standard play. They will just have a, a ship value. Um, but, like, as we'll get into, they have some neat, unique abilities that will probably only be featured in standard loadouts. Right. Uh, for example, Wait. the the X-Wings uh, all have, instead of S-Foils, the attack speed ability, which lets them take a non-action straight boost after a three to four speed maneuver. Essentially, that's a free afterburners of a well, sort. it's way more limited, but yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think one other big thing is like all of the rebel ships except for the Falcon have hopeful built in, um, which is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, and then I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but there's a couple of other unique upgrades throughout yeah. the the loadouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that I didn't realize, Doug, you said that these are going to be standard authorized cards. Yeah. So okay, so I must be I, I I'm ignorant of what this means then. It says the so the Battle of Yavin and the Battle of Coruscant. So those are just like those are just names of the packs that are coming out, but they're going to be usable content. They have the their own scenarios. So like the okay. the Battle of Yavin it comes with uh, so we can we can essentially assume here that uh, each of the Rebel and Empire will have thirty five total squad value of standard loadout cards because the Battle of Yavin scenario is a trench run fight with thirty five points of ships. Um, okay. Like it's meant to be a self-contained box where you can play this scenario. Okay, so that's um, what I on, thought it was. Yeah, but any of those pilots are still legal in standard play. But they will not be customizable at all, and they Correct. will probably. But that's be totally fine. That's really yeah. cool because I've been really excited about Dooku, how they gave mm-hmm. him the his crew, Coruscant, yeah. how they gave him his crew ability, whatever, just something mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, uh, and there, he's also a five. I say he he's an excellent example of of familiar like it's Dooku still in the Sith Infiltrator, but he's I five instead of I three, and mm-hmm. he has the crew ability instead of his normal pilot ability, and he has yeah. a unique Force talent that isn't anywhere else in the game. Um, so yeah, like right. there's there's a lot of, of well, really cool. really unique stuff with the standard loadouts, I which did, I think I didn't is realize that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a really cool direction for it that makes me more excited about it. Like, um, whenever they first announced it at the last mini Stravaganza. A lot of people were guessing it'd be things like it's a Red Squad veteran that has proton torpedoes, but it's a little bit cheaper than a standard Red Squad veteran. Which obviously this was before the whole uh, points change. But like, I think this is a lot more exciting than that line of thinking yeah. that people had. Yeah, you get some really neat yeah. stuff like Aiden uh, Versio in the Tie Interceptor with Fanatic as an ability, uh, which is previously a First Order only talent, and then uh, her ability usable on any Tie in range. Spend two charge. It's it's an every other turn ability for her now. It is weaker than her current one. Yeah, yeah, it just reduces one damage. But that's a a, a neat way to do it. Or uh, Han uh, in the Falcon. After he performs an attack that hits, he gets to do a free coordinate. That seems pretty neat. That that kind of fits thematically with uh, the role in that yeah, trench run. He scene. shot Vader and then said, "Let's blow this thing, and get out of here." Coordinating an explosion to Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, also the, has a lot of really like I remember the Chewie crew being different. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Pull it up. Yeah, uh, the Falcon does have like L three three sevens programming, which makes a ton of sense because yeah, the the original trilogy uh, Falcon should have that ability, but it's a uh, got a lot of really neat things in there. I like uh, some new pilots that had always been named in the uh, expanded universe versions of the original trilogy like uh, Pops Crail, uh, Dex Tyree, Hall Oakland, uh, and then also for the Empire, establishing that Mahler Mythel and uh, Backstabber were uh, Vader's wingmen there, because Backstabber in the TIE Fighter gets an ability that if Vader or Mahler are in his side arcs, he gets to roll an extra attack die, which seems neat. Mahler also has the same ability, but it's Backstabber and Darth Vader, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, 
there's some new conditions that are going to be unique to the Battle of Yavin scenario. For example, they, the two they showed were attack run, which basically auto-locks whatever ship has had got to be a torpedo-carrying ship. It auto-locks them into doing straight maneuvers towards the exhaust port. But it also enables the Yahoo condition, which you assign to a ship at the beginning of the game. It stays in reserve until one of your ships goes on the attack run, at which point one would assume the Falcon shows up, engages at Initiative 7, and does Han Solo things. Which, I love the way they've used those to make it thematic for that moment where you're outnumbered for the entire battle, and then your big gun comes in when you need it most. That's, I really think these type of scenarios are what a lot of people were hoping for around the end of first edition with scenario and objective and narrative-based play. I'm really excited to see how these turn out. Yeah, I think if you were wanting to do a a narrative version of X-Wing, this is the best product, official product that's ever been released. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we haven't seen everything yet, but uh, it just, it it has special rules and a special feel to it that really makes it feel more like I am doing the Battle of Yav. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the trench run. I am actually like engaging in the the lore of the universe rather than just doing a theoretical dogfight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the attack run condition mentions if you are overlapping the trench, which I assume will probably be a specific objective set out, kind of like the droid soccer setup. Uh, so it'll have special boards set up, things like that. I imagine. I mean, if it's a trench run, you're talking about a thirty-five versus thirty-five point game. That's going to have to use more than just a three by three board. Uh, they showed it on stream. I think it was a three by three board. Uh, it might've been a three by six. I don't remember, but I know that in battle of Yavin, it comes with a giant cardboard trench run for you to put out <laughs> on the mat. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I love that AMG is not afraid to go in wildly different directions than what X-Wing has been for the last 10 years. Yeah, it's, I hate uh, how like, accurate ten years is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that they are they're still engaging in like the standard X Men community by releasing stuff that's standard legal, but they're they're creating these scenarios that are very thematic and geared towards a more casual playstyle and doing a really good job on it. Whereas a lot of FFG's casual based stuff just kind of felt like afterthoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 excited to to see how it is. Yeah, I'm super yeah. excited because uh, I saw, I think it was one of the bombers that was released uh, in this pack. And I was like, man, I wish that was in the game. Like uh, the I, think that's for the, I think that's for Hot Shots and Aces. Oh, no. No, you never talking about the Y-Wings. No, the Hyena bombers for the yeah. Siege of Coruscant. Oh, yeah. for Siege of Coruscant, okay. It was, yeah. There was a neat ability or something. That I, and I was like, oh, that's way better than the current ability. I was like, let's do that. And then. You said that. There's, I was like, oh, shoot, man. I'm there's so a excited. particularly angry Tri Fighter, too, that's going to tear stuff up. Yeah, the, Ooh, the, yeah. They, they've revealed yeah. some of that stuff, and uh, let me. I said we don't have to go through all of it, but the Tri Fighter is uh, DIS T81, or DIS, as people have been calling him. Uh, he's I4. He is, while you, perform, while you defend or perform an attack, you may reroll any number of your dice. Then, if you were defending, gain one strain token for each die that was rerolled. If you were attacking, gain one deplete token for each die that was rerolled instead. And he comes with Outmaneuver, Afterburners, and Contingency Protocol, which I think all of the CIS ones do for Siege of Coruscant, which is after the ship is destroyed, another friendly ship at range 0-3 with Contingency Protocol may perform an action even while stressed. I but, uh, really like that oh, for a man. droid swarm. Yeah. Um, it's, and apparently it's like they, Super Kraken. 
Yeah, they hinted at that for the Siege of Coruscant um, scenario, the droids are, it's supposed to give an infinite number of droids feel, so whenever a ship dies on the CIS side, they come back in some oh, fashion. Um, so, wow. wait, which which of the tactical relays is the pinata one, the one that when somebody dies? PA-175. Yeah, yeah, contingency protocol is basically the super version of that. Uh, different version of it, but yeah. Like, yeah, it's, you know, they could take any action, that's pretty cool. So that's cool, though, that they are introducing that in a different way, though. Yeah, but the one you're uh, talking the about... Contingency the Contingency Protocol is, is only one other ship, not every ship. Yeah, the uh, the hyena uh, that you were talking about, Greg, is a DBS-32C, which, is he the normally the uh, calculate passer? I thought he was the no. coordinate one. That's... I think he's the coordinate guy. The coordinate one, but now it's the, after you perform a calculate action, you can spend a charge, which he's got two non-recurring, to perform a jam action. That's reasonably yeah. useful. Yeah, yeah, I want that, because you could just shove him in there. So, at the beginning of beginning of 2.5 i was flying uh ahsoka with chopper and just like flying that jam in there is like super fun well for me and uh like it was just like you just get right in there and it kind of just throws away yeah it's a similar concept mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah there's a lot of neat options we're gonna see a lot of these neat custom uh pilots well not really custom but yeah they're they're different flavors of these pilots mm-hmm. that are geared obviously for these specific scenarios uh but if they're going to be standard legal there's going to be some really fun uh loadouts like the eddas that can do ion damage or uh who is it uh hall oakland who's got a, a three die dorsal turret it is not it has been corrected it was a oh, typo. okay dang i was really hoping for that uh thing but there was one a- other that was obviously a typo that people freaked out about too oh it yeah. was one of the interceptors ability had a typo in it and they yeah. they said later in that stream that it was they just pulled up the wrong art and it's already been oh, okay. corrected before production but the neat thing about hall oakland in the y-wing is that he's got a precise astromech which lets him link any action into a red target lock which the only white actions they have are rotate and focus but if that ends up become if that's a preview of an astromech that's to come later down the line uh man the option for focus into target lock that's that's what everybody used to use push the limit for and that could be a game changer. I'm not going to say never, but I would lean towards a lot of these unique abilities and cards or upgrades that are in the load, standard loadout you shouldn't necessarily expect to see come out in like just regular cards. Like I think part of it fair. is that it, like the, this this is really strong, but it is isolated to this pilot, yes. so it's not game breaking. Yeah, no I was thinking way that. To customize it whatsoever. Yeah. Right, I was thinking that. I was like, okay, can they release things like this and actually control balance because there's mm-hmm. no way to alter them or to run more than one? Like, it's actually really cool that that one pilot can take that yeah. one astromech because then it's not overpowered, um, you know, on that one ship or whatever. But you're not you're not doing it to a whole squad. Yeah, I right. think um, yeah. the new Vader is an excellent example because his ability is Defender Vader's, but without the drawbacks, he can use still use force on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so it's the old. It's, bit, uh, was it tight? It's while you perf- yeah, it, it's raise ability is what it is. While you perform one in attacking, spend a charge to change a blank result to a hit. Um, and like that's a, a ridiculously strong ability on a very offensive ship. But he's locked into the specific loadout he has. Marksmanship right. and hate and fire control yeah. system. Afterburners, not, not afterburners, afterburn. but yeah, yeah. But uh, you can't uh, yeah. do things like the pattern analyzer Vader that you get right now, or mm-hmm. fight, you can't put fire control on him. Tons of stuff like that. So his actions are actually at a premium because he doesn't have the old ability. Like, right. Uh, so I think he's still a Vader. That seems weird. Yeah. 
Well, but yeah, the, God, this is gonna it, it adds just so much new flavor to the game. And who knows? Again, everything depends on what these are pointed. They might not be costed the same for Battle of Yavin and Standard. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes as well. Uh, but yeah, if they're going to be doing the Battle of Coruscant or Siege of Coruscant that we know afterwards, and they've talked about uh, Endor, Jakku, some other uh, historical... Yeah, weapons. they they pretty much announced Endor for sure, as they said, because next year's the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So they said to, to look out for an Endor uh, scenario. Oh, God. Oh. Return, Return of the Jedi is the first movie I remember going to in the theater, <laughs> and that just suddenly... Oh, that 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 was a that was a gut punch right there. Forty years, really? Old people vibes. Oh, mm. yeah. The um, only other pilot I specifically want to shout out is Dark Curse is finally back, baby. Yes, Dark Curse. He's I six, which is fucking <laughs> awesome. Wait, whoa, uh, what? Yeah, he's I six. He has a whole upgrade built in, so he's got four hole. He has while you defend, the attacker's dice cannot be modified, which is even <laughs> stronger than old Dark Curse. Oh my god, uh, what? And old Dark Curse has... on, when he attacked as well, correct? Uh no, I think old Dark Curse was just they couldn't spend green tokens. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't spend green um, tokens. Because... But I thought it was both ways. It might have been both ways. Yeah, I thought it was just while you defend. But but Either this way, is... th- yeah. so this shuts down the dice can't be modified. It shuts down target lock. Shuts yeah, down. That's the not. Force. I wasn't questioning that part. I was questioning yeah. the, the while you yeah. defend versus while you attack or defend. That is just. I mean, yeah. sure. And he's then still he just also a tie fighter, but he comes with ruthless and precision ion and engines built in. So. But uh, like, just imagine like salvage mission. Like Dark Curse picks up a crate and you just be like, okay, he gets to hold that crate for the rest of the game because I can't mark <laughs> my dice against him. <laughs> oh, that is that is going to be so much fun, yeah. man. An I six wasn't he like an I four in first edition? Well, it was PS instead that went up to yeah, nine. PS, but, but yeah. yeah, but he was middling. Yeah, he was yeah, up to it was, four or five. That's like. that's ridiculously good. Dark Curse, man. Who would have thought? Oh, uh, well. Uh, no- Go ahead, Greg. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, uh, this might be a silly question, but is this the first of the AMG um, produced stuff? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. mm-hmm. so, every time something comes out, I'm like, okay, is this AMG? Is this, this really yeah. feels like their personality. Right. Um, and so I was just making sure, like, if this was. Yeah, this, uh, I think everything going forward is the from the mind of AMG and their team. Uh, which also they did announce Hot Shots and Aces 2, another pilot pack, which I think they said will contain five new pilots for each faction. Correct. Uh, we've seen some ones, I think they had a new uh, Fang pilot. They had Poe in the uh, Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, that, ability. yeah, basically getting, uh, if you go through an asteroid, you can spend a charge to ignore it and then boost or barrel roll. And, yeah, it's- the... It's but he has two recurring charges. Before you execute maneuver, you may spend one charge. If you do ignore obstacles during that maneuver, and then after you fully execute a maneuver, you may spend two charges to perform a white boost action or a red barrel action. Then, if you performed a red barrel action, expose one damage card to fable. So oh, yeah, essentially, Poe po pushing the Falcon to its limits. Yeah, uh, which fits again with the uh, the scene we see him flying the Falcon like an absolute maniac. It just yep. sounds fun. Yeah, like, it does, yeah. And it, it does sound so very fun. strong, but it also is still a resistance falcon. So it has the worst dial of all of them and only eleven health. And he does and get so, access to Ray Crew though, so and then, he could be a monster. Yeah. And then automatically or not automatically, but you have to meet the conditions. And then you get that white boost. It has a red boost, right? Normally, yeah. yes. Okay. 
So yeah, that's awesome. that's looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they expand. Uh, what because the original Hot Shots and Aces kind of worked to expand a lot of the ships that didn't have a lot of good named pilots or didn't have a lot of named pilots. And we like, it gave us uh, the new B wing pilots like Gina and uh, the other cheap one, but uh, Netrum, but this right now, I wonder what we're going to see. We got, uh, they could throw more droids in there. They could throw someone else in the Sith infiltrator. We could get a new fire spray pilot. Some, Pilots from first edition that haven't made it into second edition coming back in a new form. All sorts of fun things that I they can do with that. They, I, I love They Carter. definitely implied they were going to get some missing pilots, like some missing names from first edition back in. Wes Jansen. Uh, yeah, when does Wes Jansen yeah. come back? It also feels like they're, uh, at least for this first, well, the second Hot Shots and Aces, leaning towards uh, like popular ships. Uh, they literally created a new Fang Fighter pilot because they didn't have anything from Lord to pull from, but they wanted a Fang Fire Fighter pilot. Uh, yeah. As he mentioned, he he got to have the dream of creating a Star Wars character, like with LFL's approval. So, Tor Fun is his name. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I love card packs. They open up such a, I I would say cheap like cheap opening like opportunity because like it can't cost that much for AMG, right? Yeah, I mean, card, card packs much. are definitely the, the cheapest way to continue production of stuff. Yeah. And this yeah. might be a controversial take. Like, I'm fine with them re-releasing stuff, but I don't need that many more new ships. Like, they're yeah. Yeah. they're already, with a lot of the factions, they're pushing towards, like, I'm just letting, I'm happy stuff. with ships coming out as they come out in the lore, but not yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't need the K, like something equivalent to the K wing re-release where everybody's like, "What is that ship?" It's like, oh, it was mentioned in one book twenty years ago. Like, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, but I, find, I think I something like getting... card packs. So something like card packs is an excellent way to keep the the community excited about new stuff and for them to still flex like their um, creativity with what they can do with stuff. I think yeah. you probably still need new plastic at least once a year. But... Yeah, and and they could do things like the um, uh, the fa- the original faction three ship packs where they're all with alternate paint jobs and new pilots mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I love the alternate um, paint jobs. Like, yeah. Well, they have mentioned something like that. One of the things they did mention was fashion specific starter packs, which are, they mentioned as a way for a player to buy one product and be ready to play. Uh, so it may be the equivalent of a core set, but with just the, the bare minimum that you need to get a squadron on the table. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this has been confirmed, but I've heard they're all four ship packs. Makes sense. Um, yeah. And yeah, they're, it's, they're geared towards, like, I have I have all the components I need to play, but I want to get into Separatists. I just buy this pack, and now I can yeah. run a Separatist list. Right. So, uh, Legion um, started doing, like, two. Yeah. they did, like, 501st, and they did, like, uh, the Snow Troopers and whatever, and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a Hoth yeah, theme for Rebels and Empire. Yeah, and so, like, and so when I got into Legion... Uh, when I bought stuff and never played with it, uh, I bought a whole core set for the the clones and for the separatists. So I could save half my money and buy the other ones. And I think this is the exact same concept. And I love it because like all those people who always scream like money grab and whatever, you, I, I don't think anybody's ever yelled at AMG for it, but FFG, oh my gosh, people are all mad. And uh, this is like the best way to do it. I would love a four pack of a of a like my Imperials. I have just the three pack 
And I bought it because I was like, oh, I could fly these things out of here. Yeah, they they they. I'm pretty sure they said nothing new will come in these. So like, existing players don't have to buy them. Right, to, you're like, not fill out their faction. Right, so. yeah, you don't have to buy them. Yeah, for sure. But like, if I was like, oh, I want some Tie Fighters and I want a Tie X One, I don't have I don't have one of those. Uh, and it came with that, and I could do like a Battle of Yavin thing via mm-hmm. this box. That would be pretty dope. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, Doug, you also mentioned uh, wanting to get new plastic every so often. They did say reprints are on the way. They said beloved ships will be reprinted. And the three that they named surprised me. Well, not the TIE Bomber. That was a given. Uh, people have been clamoring that for that forever. Uh, the YT-2400. And they did say that Dash will be changed. Uh, that we're not, they're not getting uh, original recipe Dash back. Uh, I can't argue Which- with that. I'm. Like, they haven't confirmed this or anything, but I kind of hope they just redesign the twenty four hundred when they release it. Like, if they're willing to change how Dash works, hopefully they're just willing to change that ship in general because it's. I mean, four four die turrets are problematic. I don't think oh, that's God, a controversial yeah. take. No, that's uh, pretty <laughs> controversial actually. That's pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, if anybody's going to do it, it'd be AMG. Yeah. The one thing that I was surprised is that they're reprinting the Alpha Class Starwing, the gunboat. They they're bringing the gunboats back. I don't no. think that's, that's surprising. Like, really? My scalping prices. I, yeah. The gunboat has forever been like the literally the, since the video game came out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a like, The gunboat favorite. was one of the first. Exactly. That's why it's not surprising they're, re, they're reprinting it. Like well, whenever they like, first started doing extended universe stuff, everybody was like, "Where's the gunboat?" And it took FFG years to release it, and then it like instantly sold out. People love the gunboat. But it's interesting because it seemed to be for a while they were heading in the direction of, you know, only things that have appeared on screen, nothing from the EU. No, I think that's just an assumption people made because they said only officially reprinted stuff. And FFG was only reprinting stuff that was officially in movies first. Right. And now, yeah, now we're seeing the the departure from that with the YG-2400 and the gunboats coming back in. So, uh... If there's a ship that folks, I mean, hey, the beloved Star Viper might be getting a reprint soon. Who knows? Yeah. They did also clarify that not everything will get a reprint, which right. I think is fine. Like, yeah. like the K Wing does not need reprinted. Yeah, uh, as much as I love it, I would understand if they never reprinted the TIE Punisher. I'd rather really yeah. have the K Wing than the gunboat, though. That's all I'm saying. Really? Yeah, I think the K Wing's dope looking. Oh, okay. Uh, the the K Wing has been. A nightmare of balance ever since it was released it in both cool. editions. It does look cooler. I'll give you that. I don't know. I mean, I always thought the gunboat's one of the coolest looking ships. I do not like there. the gunboat at all. I have no nostalgia attached to the TIE Fighter games, yeah, so I don't... Yeah. It's yeah, fine, that, but... That, that was one of my first PC games I had, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, and, uh, you know, getting to just... The, the gunboat was just so abusable in that game where everything else was a high-speed Everything makes fighter. a lot more sense now. Yeah, <laughs> and then I get to fly this just slow, fully loaded. I can joust capital ships and win. Oh, uh, yeah that that might have uh, formed a lot of my X-wing style, I guess. Uh, um, oddly enough, I have not flown the gunboat a whole lot in Second Edition. I, I flew Vinder for a hot minute there, but uh, um, I wanted to say in these new boxes, uh, do you think that they'll throw like new cards? So, well, okay, but they don't want. Well, that was an FFG thing. Yeah, the the okay, reprints. Which the, which boxes are you talking about? The, you're talking about the, the new the reprints, the new black. So like uh, configurations. Uh, I, like I was thinking, like, 
they well if they I think they already have confirmed that if Dash is different. Well, that's true. Like that, and they might not do a lot of it, but it I'd like they are not under the same stipulation where FFG said you do not have to buy any reprints if you want to like play every card. Yeah. Like, and if they do come out with new and, stuff, they're like, hey, here's a new thing, buy it. And don't. to be yeah. perfectly honest, they shouldn't hold up to that. FFG sales sucked because they appealed too much to, yeah. to returning players. See, FFG sure. listened to people they shouldn't have. Yeah. For and sure. if AMG wants to regrow the game, they need to make stuff that's that people are going to buy. Yeah, and, I would have loved, because I would have bought more uh, reprints if, like, say you bought it and there was a different pilot that you wanted or whatever in there, which I know that's, I don't know if that's a good example. But, like, if if an E-Wing came out and they had a configuration to make that sucker better or to change its current, uh, 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 you the know, loader. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then I'm I'm buying e wings like so yeah. and like the 2400. I when I first started playing is when the 2400 was was released, which is going on eight years. And if I'm not willing to rebuy a 2400 after eight years of playing because it has different cards in it, then like I'm not AMG's target audience, yeah, and then, I shouldn't then be. Like, then why? Yeah, then you're just not yeah. going to buy it. Like yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. You never would buy it if you yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because. I would totally like configuration cards in these slash maybe if they throw them into a card pack too. Right. I mean, we could see things like the TIE shuttle uh, configuration for the bomber and things like that. And we'll have to see like something like the gunboat. It might literally just be demand is high enough that they're just going to reprint it and not change anything because the sales on gunboats are absolutely insane right now. And they might just Mm -hmm. be like, okay, let's just make it available. So you don't (laughs) have to spend $120 on the model. Like, (laughs) yeah, not even that is ridiculous indeed. Uh, but speaking of playing lists, the Lone Star Open also happened while we were on break. Uh, one again by a separatist list. This one flown by Rob Pettit. Uh, there was a UK th- tournament that also happened on break, but it was not run by First Order. Yeah. Uh, or CIS, yeah. But the uh, sorry, it was, it was a First Order list, not a CIS list. I don't know why I wrote CIS in the notes, because I'm dumb. Uh, Grudge, Dread, Scorch, Malorus, and Whisper Kylo. We've seen this uh, style of list, if not even these exact pilots before this looks like a really good just kind of a toolbox take on all comers handle all the different uh objectives I mean, decently it's well the ex- it's the exact same one that chirpy one with right and then the other i think so yeah yeah it's just the same list yeah i knew it was the same pilots i didn't know if it was all the same cards but yeah it's a it's a really solid list and i know we had been saying that first order was kind of from our perspective what everything could be balanced around and it uh, seems that was, like that was last point change. Last point change. But it seems like uh, as lists go, this is a pretty solid one. Uh, I also want to definitely shout out uh, the second place winner, uh, Keenan Childs, who uh, out of Texas, real good guy. The last time we had the uh, Mocan uh, State Fair, our one of our local. No, it was the hyperspace trial. The hyperspace trial. I was going to say we had something that uh, Keenan came all the way from Texas to play at our local game store and uh, just wrecked everybody. So that Is was he the, the guy that beat me. Yeah, that yeah. was the one that came down to Greg and I in the top four, uh, and then Greg and Keenan in the finals. That son of a bee. Yeah, that was uh. Yeah. Malator was the other big tournament I was thinking of, which was the right. the Galaxies online one, and it was one. The top two were CIS for that. Yeah. So there's CAD Bane lists specifically. Yeah, interesting. But so, very different CADs Bane. Yeah, quite. So there's a CADs lot to uh, look Bane? into that. 
I, Cad's Bane. It's like father's Cad. in law. Spider's Bane. <laughs> it's Cad's Bane. You have two Cad's Bane. Cats? Are you saying Cad's Cats? Bane? You making fun of my accent again? <laughs> Why is it always us that do this? Uh, but yeah, the Lone Star opened down in Texas. Uh, for what's normally a reasonably large tournament, had 33 players turned out. Seems a bit thin, and that leads us into uh, today's discussion topic, which uh, is okay. I just, I just want to. You might be talking about this, but like, yes, it does seem thin. But Lone Star Open was not advertised. It's the second uh, right. one ever. So yeah, it's and, and, right. price of uh, let me the price of travel has more than doubled. They did not have so Brent Wong ran the last one and did everything he could in his power a to advertise it and b to like create crazy price support. Which this is a problem with the people that run Lone Star Open, like the overarching company, which is the same ones that do LVO. Uh, I cannot think of them off the top of my head. Uh, Frontline. Uh, Frontline. Yeah, uh, Frontline Gaming does not support the tournaments they run, which is they so they they give you a location, and then it is up to the TO to do everything. And Brent Wong went out went crazy out of his way, spent a ton of his own money to make the first Lone Star Open successful, and then said, "I'm not willing to do that this time." So somebody else took over, and I'm sure he did a great job, but it was his first time running an event and didn't have nearly as much. Um, advertising or price support and stuff like that. Like it's it's really easy to jump to the conclusion that it's smaller, so there's a problem. Whenever there's a lot of other factors that aren't immediately, but okay. I'm pretty sure that the Texas X-wing community is just as strong as it is anywhere else. There's a lot of great players there. There's a lot of great stores there. Uh, and you pointed out exactly this was what, by all rights, should have been an LVO style event that didn't have the LVO style turnout uh, and the point. Well, no, the, the points you raised are all absolutely valid because just like what happened when COVID hit, we have a bunch of obstacles that are thrown in the way. Gas the prices are ridiculous that and that's making travel for things hard. You had uh, or support. That's, that's not community building though. That's internet. Like that's, I mean, it is community, but it's a different level of community. Like that's, that's the country community versus like local. All right. Well, as uh, so from a local community uh, point of view, I know one of the things we've been doing is trying to run monthly tournaments at the game store. And Doug, you've taken a lot of the uh, the point on that, at least for the, the hype of it. The ability community, I think, is more than just getting people out to play. Uh, we've done a lot of things in X-Wing over the years. And again, I'll go back to Texas. Uh, back when, was it, I can't even remember what it was. It was some, some was it flooding or something like that in Texas that Nami Lee started up uh, just kind it of was a, a, hur a hurricane. Yeah, the hurricane, yeah. Charity event. yeah. Right. And they had, you know, a charity event, passed the hat and raised quite a bit of money for that. And that's something that I've always loved to see and talk about when I talk about the X-Wing community, that people are willing to come out and do things like that. And how do you build that kind of community that's willing to reach out and do those kind of things? Because I've played in a number of different competitive games, and I have not seen the same level of, you know, I mean, there's community passion anywhere you go. Uh, just look at any subreddit for Magic or Warhammer or War Machine. Any game is going to have its super passionate community the same way that X-Wing does. But I get the feeling that, unlike other games I've played, X-Wing feels more like a legitimate actual community that we are all 
even if we don't like the way the game is going, we all have the same love of the game. And what is it that makes that unique and how do we build on that? Well, I don't really know how we build on it, but I think it was fostered largely by big podcasts early on. Like I think Fly Better is a perfect example of like they, they were a big podcast that then, especially after the forums closed, turned their Facebook page into essentially the community boards. Um, and like Nami Lee was part of the crates. And when the crates were at their height, they were doing, all, that's that's when they started were running charity events and stuff. It's just, it's people that already have a lot of reach uh, making an effort to make it an inclusive environment that encourages people to interact with each other. And even before that wave of groups, there was the original Nova Squadron podcast, yeah. the Doug Kenny mm-hmm. like casual group that fostered yeah, that. They seem to have that community like that. of Mexican mm-hmm. at the very beginning that evolved into the one fostered by Gold Squadron and Fly Better. Mm-hmm. You also, when there's four X-Wing podcasts, then everybody who's interested in X-Wing podcasts is going to listen to those four. I mean, when there's fair, 30 X-Wing podcasts, it gets a lot more X-Wing anymore. Yeah, it's true. But you, you mentioned your know, podcast reach out. You look at uh, you what our friends across the state with the Midwest Scrubcast have done in building a local community. The Arch Alliance extends far beyond that podcast and was there well before the podcast. But the St. Louis community, I think, is almost like the gold standard of a healthy, thriving, wholesome X-Wing community. Uh, they Just looking at their Discord, they are always, you know, hey, is someone up for a game? Hey, what have we got going this week? That's some great stuff they've got going. And uh, looking at the turnout we had for the scrub down a month ago, that was incredible for something that was put on. And yeah, Gold Squadron amplified it quite a bit. But for all intents and purposes, that was a local invitational tournament that got some real you know, push there. And it was a fun community-driven event. It didn't feel like a uh, you know grand championship or LVO or something like that. It felt like showing up and playing a casual game store tournament, but on a bigger scale. That's the kind of thing that I think is a benefit of having a thriving, wholesome, friendly community. Um, so I think that right now, since X-Wing's in kind of a weird spot, uh, it's just like, we just, it's just gotta, we gotta weather, weather the change. And then people will either decide they want to come out or not. But I think people will decide to come back out. And we've already had a couple of locals in the last couple of months that were like, oh, hey, you know, I've never played 2.5. I want to try it out. And and so they're already coming out. And so as long as we could get people, like we could just wait this little period out, I think, as long as we're just doing events. And I think we're doing what we should be doing. We're being very consistent. Um, and Matt, you always talk about like going to game cafe. If there isn't anybody there, even if there isn't anybody there, like Wednesdays. Um, but that consistency, you're going to find the people who are going to find you. Does, mm-hmm. does that make sense? You're gonna, people are going to find you. Cause like I found you at, uh, on a point, point. back in the day and, and i knew that you were always going to be there and uh i mean we the community was different back then but i mean it wasn't like it was too much bigger and crazy i mean there was a lot of other stores 
a lot of other stores. There were stores doing tiny things. Game Cafe was still the center. Uh, but no, like you just being consistent was like, oh, I know that he's going to be there. Um, or I know this group is going to be here on a Wednesday. Uh, stuff like that. And then if we do our monthly tournaments, then those people will know, oh, I can make this one day. So like me now, I can probably make this one day tournament, but I can't make a weekly league night. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's just, we got to get those people out there and like keep reiterating that we're here, I guess. Yeah. You bring something up and this is something that happened the other week. Uh, and Doug, you were there for this, uh, that we were at game cafe. There were three of us there and a just random uh, customer in the store wandered by and asked, you know, Hey, can anybody play this? And at the time, uh, we only had three of us there. This is a new player, didn't have a list to bring. And uh, we were sitting up, and Doug and I were just setting up uh, a game. And it hit me that I used to always have at least two starter lists in my uh, kit that I would bring in case there was a new player who wanted to learn how to play the game. I could bust out the simple Rebel versus Empire kind of starter list and give them a small demo game. And, you know, you saying that, Greg, reminds me, I haven't done that in a while, and I kind of think I want to get back into that because, yeah, I'm usually there on Wednesday nights at our local store, and oftentimes we do have new players, interested people showing up, and, yeah, that poor guy didn't have anything to play with, and none of us had any way to kind of invite him into the game, and hopefully, I, I really hope he didn't think he was getting the brush off that way. I You know, that been that been kind of eaten at me for a while but that's yeah i don't to to address that i don't think he did i think he thought it was more of a card game because he went over and got some like promotional cards for like a tournament kit and asked if he could use those and we kind of explained to him oh okay and then he he wandered off to do something else yeah but that's one of those things that normally uh again back in the day when we would have five six games going a night it was really easy Mm -hmm. for one person to kind of break off and be willing to do a like a, an exhibition or a teaching game for a new player. And that's one of those things that got me into it. I had two friends who kind of showed me the basic rules in, uh, incorrectly, mind you, uh, of just how the game worked. And then my, my experience with playing was jumping right into a tournament. But the, I think X-Wing's always been open and welcome to new players and I would really love to, personally for myself, get back into enabling that, uh, whether that's we've started with our local uh, chat group on Facebook, uh, getting that more active, getting more engagement there. I've seen a lot of names I don't recognize coming out of the woodwork in comments and posts. So that's actually doing pretty well. Uh, I remember back when we would have just weekly discussions on, you know, hey, what's good? on that list, you know, on that group. So I would love to see that kind of community come back. That's yeah, that's, that's something I miss. Something to address for that, which I think this is, I don't think it was, it wasn't intentionally anybody's fault, but when we started using Messenger to talk, like with, because we have a big group with like 30 or 40 people in a, uh, a Facebook Messenger, uh, but it, it kind of killed the public group because everybody who had a question would just ask it in there. That's um, true. If if that's if you have a community that's struggling, 
it's probably something to consider is if you guys only use a discord or you only use like a messenger service or something like try to post more in your more public places because it's it's really hard for a new player to get access to that that is that is a really good point because i actually that is a really good point so when i first started play i uh i wasn't like i think i was in the groups but i wasn't in all of them i definitely wasn't in like the main one now um and this is like the facebook group yeah and then somebody mentioned i think it was mike or something they said something about a chat and i was like oh well, i'm not in no chat i don't know what you're talking yeah about. because the, the 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 messenger chat actually started yeah. as the uh driving up to worlds coordination group chat mm. and there were and like was, eight of us in there that turned yeah, it was, into it, it was like, a year we like, had like 15 or 16 people going to worlds yeah so we made a big chat and then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that turned into where the information was. And right. I remember thinking, because I used to run pages, yeah, and all of our information was put out on pages, well. whatever. And so then when this like switched over, I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, that's interesting. And then I never commented in this page or in this group on this chat because it was so like, uh, I'll say personal. Because, you know, you chat, and if you're the last person to message, then you're just like hanging there, right? <laughs> uh, but like on a Facebook page, you could make a post and then, you know, if people comment on it, they comment on it. It's kind of different. But yeah, I remember that transition to that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things, you know, for listeners, if you have not joined our Tashi Station Radio Facebook uh, group, go ahead and do so because we absolutely uh, welcome open discussion. If you have questions, things you'd like to discuss, uh, one of the things we, uh, unlike a lot of groups, uh, it's not a promotional group for folks looking to use it for ads. But uh, if you are a listener of Tashi Station Radio and you've got a topic you want to discuss, you can always bring it up on our Facebook page. And you know uh, the four of us or other listeners will be happy to engage and discuss it there. And you make a good point, Greg. The idea that, uh, and what Doug pointed out, with a lot of discussion moving to private forums, and I think that happened a lot when the FFG forums went down. Uh, that lost. Yeah, I mean, it happened earlier for us, but yeah. And like, I'm one of those people who don't follow forums. So, well, I didn't follow them before they shut down, but like, Mm -hmm. I would like ask you guys, and you're like, oh, well, this is being talked about. And then like, this is blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. I never, I don't, I don't, I don't do forums. I don't do anything like that. Uh, So, you know, maybe switching back. Uh, Doug, what is the Mocan group? The what is it it's just the Milkan uh, Star Wars X Wing group. Okay, so if people that are listening want to join that, and that's anybody that's even in the Mocan area, or which is Missouri, Kansas, if people yeah, the, the greater Kansas City area, and it's not a team, it's a group. It's a group of friends, right? Like that's kind of how you guys, because like I was, I was just kind of absorbed into it. And yeah. then there was shirts made, and somebody's like, "Hey, you want a shirt?" I was like, well, "Yeah, I didn't know I could get a shirt." Like, mm-hmm. I believe so. Well, yeah. I was in on the. By the way, I found jerseys, so <laughs> we might have so, to. Do, I've been really big on this lately. So. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, and what three rounds so, of shirts, man? Yeah, that's a great thing. Is yeah, having that open discussion okay. for uh, building a community, not only in person at your stores, but through your local open Facebook groups or a lot of Facebook groups are like Tashi Station Radio, for example, is uh, 
it's a, it's a closed group because if you start a group as a closed group, Facebook does not let you switch it to an open group. That's uh, a privacy issue they have, and oh, I understand this is that. A private group. Uh, technically, well, yeah, it's a private meeting. You have to actually like join it to see it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you, well, can't, okay. you can't see any posts without being a member. Is the big thing. You can still search it and find mm. it. Yeah. You could search it and find it, and then ask to be yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, I do that with a couple of other. I have to approve you. Okay, so if anybody's listening, but just the do it, stuff. and then the mods, or I don't know what you call those people, the admins are us. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. um, and okay. so yeah, we'll add you. We'll and then we just we start well, admins. Uh, Doug's usually the uh, one. Who's Doug like and with, I at least uh, are the like those things. admins. Um, and then but, we share like videos and gifts and. Then, yeah, it's it's you know we the Mocan group for example, uh, we just had somebody hey I'm looking to sell some ships or we talked like hey what's the best way to use Hondo and just some interesting topics that got a lot of uh, you know traction and discussion and like for example that discussion on how to best use Hondo got me thinking of a list that I actually probably am going to fly at our next tournament because it just something feels right about it. Uh, and that I would not even have had that idea had we not thrown that discussion point out there. So that's much uh, every scum list I've made since we did the snapshot post has been a snapshot cad bane list. Which, uh, for those that yeah. aren't in our in our Mocan group, uh, our our very first card discussion post we made was about snapshot because it's you know it's a generic upgrade that people know but isn't very popular. Uh, and uh, just on a whim, I put it on cad bane with Zuckus crew. Uh, so it's scum Cadbane specifically. So he's the one of an attack hits. He can give you a red token that he has. Uh, so you snapshot, and then you can't modify your dice, but you can still modify your opponents. So like let's say you roll your two hits on snapshot, and they roll two evades. You can Zuckus it to reroll to try and hit, and then if it hits, you just give them the stress, and now they don't get to take an action because they're stressed. <laughs> Yeah, there's all sorts of fun little things. And again, that's not something I think any of us would have come up with on our own uh, unless we're like, okay, what can I do with Snapshot? Little things like that. And again, uh, we've got our stuff here. Reach out to your local communities. If you've got a local group for your your game store or your regional X-Wing, See if you get guys can't get it active. If you've got really active ones, uh, share them with us because that's one of those things. That's one of the ways you grow this community is by bringing more people in. So yeah, I think that's really one of those advantages in X-Wing that uh, we have is that willingness to share information. There are people, I'm, I remember being turned off by this back in the day who had the idea of, Oh, we're working on a list. We don't want to tell anybody about, okay, that's fine. But the moment you take it to a tournament, everybody knows about it. But I like that folks are very willing in X-Wing to openly discuss why things are good. What's good, what we're going to play to, to get on that real quick. I think uh, one of the big reasons that happened, at least for like bigger tournaments was bids were a big thing. So like if you and like triple ace lists, you had to move last, especially against other ace lists, to really have a chance. Uh, and so like protecting what your bid number was was an important strategy to some people. Um, but I think that's one thing that two point five actually addresses really well because now people share lists all the time. Yeah, uh, because it doesn't like bringing the same list. It wasn't the big deal. It was the I'm bringing a triple ace list and you're bringing a triple ace list. Which one of us is going to shed off more points to win the mirror? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to to protect what my bid is at, and now it, it just doesn't matter because. 
like if you remember the Paratani days, the tiny mind link days, but the the a tiny mind like aces lists, like they could cut down to ninety two if they needed to. Like they didn't because they they didn't need to cut down to past ninety six, but they they are they had the ability to based on what was needed. Like so they they didn't share the that information. Back in the day, smaller communities that were geared towards the super competitive development, but now it's more of we're willing to share our knowledge, and I love that. That's just a great community building thing. If you've got an idea for a list or a combo or a particular concept that is good, you know, absolutely go out and fly it, but also discuss it on groups like that. Get people's feedback on it because I know a number of times when in our group chat and on these boards somebody has you know posited something out there and half the time my initial reaction is oh that's you know why are you doing that that's a useless and then i look at it and i go oh my god that's brilliant and god that's that's great i i love seeing stuff like that and kind of getting it on the ground floor of that it's it's so much fun yeah and like list building is kind of like a secondary game within x-wing to me mm-hmm. so you can list build uh before you play obviously and then like you have all these lists built up and there's all that in- anticipation or even like the trial and error that you do after you play. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to swap this. I'm going to do this. So having a place that we can go and talk and uh, have all these lists and such, like it's a really good thing. And I've enjoyed having some of our discussions on here too. So Yeah. But yeah, as always, the community is really what makes this game in all of its forms. And if you've got a way to build it out there, uh, it's to everybody's benefit to do so. All right. Well, with that, uh, do we have any shout-outs for this week? Uh, yeah. So I was going to mention the event. Yeah. What's going on, Greg? Okay. So I was going to mention uh, Saturday uh, at 11 a.m. at Game Cafe, we're doing a X-Wing tournament, Return of the Ritz. Um, Ironically, and... Ritz will not be there. Yeah. <laughs> That is super ironic, though. I yeah, was going to ask. He's going to be out of town. Um, uh, well, you could have well, made John. You could have made it so, That's true. That'll be also shout out to John. Yeah. Yeah. yeah always no, shout out to I, John. I will never. I will yeah, play that'll be this Saturday, July thirtieth. Yeah, shout out to John. For and uh, John. so, and we kind of talk about this sometimes, like what brings people to tournaments, uh, and these little tournaments. Uh, you can. Um, and I am making some prizes. I know Doug's uh, mentioned that on. Oh, here it is. A ton of prize support. Yep, is what Doug said. That yep. is a quote. Um, and so uh, do it, otherwise you make me a liar. I also have to do a participation prize of objective tokens, which you I thought that's how many. Yeah, so that you could just make one if you want. I no, yeah, I know. I know. I've been I've been really struggling on making so. I'll tell everybody, I'm actually doing a participation prize of an initiative token and a, particip- a participation prize of um, raw objective tokens because they're going to be resin. Um, so I'm not going to paint everybody's uh, tokens. Um, but I'll do I'll do those two, which is... How many people do you think are going to show up? Because I need numbers. Uh well, we've had up to, I think, like, our biggest one we've had on one of these Saturday, Friday, Saturday tournaments was about 16, I think. That's so hopefully, you know, that, that would be, uh, that'd be great to have that many people out there. Again, this uh, Saturday, Game Cafe, Independence, Missouri, 11 a.m. Uh, hope to see you all there. 
Yeah. All of you. Everybody. Let, let's absolutely just swarm the place and uh, give them your business. Don't make uh, my prize support not look too good. <laughs> uh, other things that have gone on? Any uh, specific shout-outs that we want to give to people? Uh, my father, Bob Howe. There you go. How is your father, Bob Howe? Has he got the uh, the new garage-slash-game room finished yet? Oh, God, no. It's, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a major project. But it's big enough that he has to get approval, and he has to get like an actual architect to design it. And Oh, okay. So the, the groundbreaking that he had done while we were there was just uh, preparatory then? Yes. Okay. But it looks like it's going to be neat. Uh, I know we've mentioned on the podcast in the past, and while he was on it as well, uh, Bob Howe has a... A room that is basically a shrine to classic Star Wars toys and memorabilia. It is one of the most awesome collections that I've seen and any of my friends have. And I believe he's going to be moving most of that out to this new uh, facility that he's building in the backyard. So uh, he can have even more room for more stuff. Bob's Bunker, I think we can call it. Bob's Bunker, that's great. That's where we need to have uh, practice games now. Bob's Bunker. Right. Well, with that, uh, it has been episode 66 of Tashi Station Radio. Uh, Let's try not to get shot by any clones on our way home tonight. Uh, For Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Porg. And hope to see you this weekend at the tournament. I have nothing to chant. I didn't think of this. Uh, Turn. Uh, uh, Turn. Lat. Lat. Turn. Lat. (laughs) Turn. 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 You just saying the word turn. <laughs> what? There's an O in there. It's turn. turn. Oh, turn. God. Oh, turn. Good soldiers follow orders. Tashi Station Radio is brought to you by the team of Greg Smith, Alex Smittle, Doug Howe, and Matt New. If you'd like to help us out with hosting and production costs, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and make a donation. It's always appreciated. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, for news and updates. And as always, thanks for listening.